Welcome back, everyone, to Double Take, an NFL podcast streaming everywhere you get podcasts and also on YouTube. I'm your host, David, joined by my twin brother, Daniel. How are you, man? How was vacation? Uh, it was amazing. Definitely would do it again, but I'm rested, relaxed, ready to talk about football. Luckily, I was able to watch it on the ship. Me and my wife went on a cruise, and luckily, we had a TV in our little cabin thing. And so I was able to catch some games. I caught, uh, I caught the Ravens and Detroit game, and then yeah. I caught the Chargers and Kansas City game. Uh, and then I watched a little bit of the Eagles, uh, Dolphins game. Man, we're going to uh-huh. talk about that. And then I caught Monday night San Francisco and and Minnesota. Also got to watch you know playoff baseball, the Rangers and the Astros. It was wild on the ship going for that. And so, yeah, a a great weekend of sports, and I didn't even have to be at home to enjoy it. So it was great. Yeah, I mean, that sounds great. I'm not going to talk a lot about baseball because here's the thing I'm not going to do. So obviously, Danny and I both grew up in Dallas, in the Dallas area. So we were Rangers fans, but we really weren't baseball fans. No, Um, just when the playoffs come up. Yeah, but... I, I'm I'm not gonna jump on the Rangers bandwagon because I feel like that's that's unfair for for me to do of just being like oh yeah let's go Rangers I mean I mean let's go Rangers but Obviously, like yeah I'm 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 not gonna be like oh yeah I've been faithful Steven, who's obviously friend of the show huge Rangers fan huge Mavericks fan yep um and so he's been in on it since the jump but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that I'm in the same status as he is in terms of rangers baseball but yeah wish him the best of luck as they play the arizona diamondbacks True. but like you said True. let's talk football and first let's talk about the dallas cowboys in our segment cowboys talk obviously the cowboys had a bye so there was no games but the cowboys did make a lot of headlines and so we're going to talk about a couple of, of those things but obviously we're going to start with the trade deadline uh jerry jones as people as cowboys fans know is not really active in the trade deadline. The one time he was, was in 2018 yep. when he traded the first round pick for Amari Cooper. And that changed our season, changed Jack Dak's trajectory for the rest of his career. Yep. But the Cowboys seem like they are standing down during the trade deadline. Jerry Jones has been on record saying that they're not actually going to pursue anyone, but they they will wait on other teams to, to call. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is about. Um, I guess because he's Jerry Jones, uh, that people will call him to make his team better. I guess that's what, that's what that means. I don't know, but Daniel, we've seen this play out many times before Jerry Jones even said like, listen, we love the team that we have right now. And unless there's, there's an offer made and it makes sense to us to do it, then we'll do it. But for right now, we're just we're going to hold on to the team that we have. What are your thoughts on the Cowboys not making any moves while the Eagles got Kevin Byard, a safety from the Tennessee Titans? What are your thoughts? Uh, it's the reason why I believe Philly will win the NFC East. They know that, hey, we got a good team, but guess what? We can always get better. And so you you've seen other teams around the league. They even though they believe that they're good, like take San Francisco for example. Um, not that he's a big name, but getting a guy like Randy Gregory, who as Cowboys fans we know is great potential, 
you know, to stop the run, rush, rush the passer. And so they're willing to make moves. Championship teams are willing to make moves that will give them even a better chance to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I believe, you know, Bayard, you know, he's kind of been kryptonite to Dak Prescott. You know, the couple last times that they played, he's been able to pick him off. I think a total of three times in the last two games that they played against each other. And so he's no scrub. And what Philly needed, and I think this is what's important about what the Eagles did. They addressed a need. Mm-hmm. You know, do do they have the best defense in the league? No. Is it like top 10 to 15? Yeah. But what did, what did they need? They needed a safety. And they went and got one. And so I think the problem is that Jerry is too prideful to go after someone to make his team better because maybe mm-hmm. he believes if he goes get someone else, hey, I didn't construct a roster to begin with that was good enough to compete. And, <laughs> and for me, that's a problem because I we see mm-hmm. that there's need. Now, do we need Derrick Henry? I don't know. I don't know that. I I feel like Cowboys, we don't commit to the run anyway. And when we do, good things happen. I think, David, you've highlighted this uh, either on the show or off screen. The fact that Tony Pollard has not looked the same since his injury. We know that. Rico Dottle doesn't get enough touches to even say is he kind of like a like what Pollard was last year one two punch and Deuce Vaughn Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say that he was like a bust I don't know if you can say he's a bust being a what what was he a sixth seventh round draft pick Mm -hmm. Um, has he lived to lived up to expectations no but I also don't believe he's been given the opportunity to thrive Um, now are there other needs that we have on this team maybe another corner yeah, I, I feel like that that is something that we need. Um, another receiver to kind of help CD, you know, be able to not just get blanketed all the time. I think a lot of fans and I, his name, this name has been coming up quite a bit in the last couple of weeks. Amari Cooper. You had Amari Cooper. And with him and CD, they were able to to mesh well and their games played off each other really, really well. And so the Cowboys are missing a, another receiver opposite side of CD to kind of help him game plan him in a better way to where he can get open. And so there, there's moves that the Cowboys can make. Is Jerry willing to make those moves, swallow his pride, say, hey, I need to go get someone, rather than say, hey, I'm going to have other teams help me build my roster. That's essentially what he said. I'm not going to reach out. They have to come to me to make my team better. And that's stupid stupid and why we haven't won in what almost 30 years now Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think a lot of what you just said i I absolutely agree with um i as a dac apologist yeah i'm going to shut down the belief that kevin byard has dak prescott's number that's not for times yeah but really he's only picked him up yeah but are you are you seriously going to sit here and tell me that that first interception was on Dak Prescott? No, but I'm saying the coverage that he plays against the Cowboys, Maybe. He, he's a good cover, coverage safety. And so what happens, and what happens is that you know these receivers, Dave. You know these receivers. Sometimes 
they can't catch what Dak throws them for whatever reason. You've seen it over the past what? So, so let's say, and he's there. Let, let's so let's say that he Kevin Byard is a great dangerous safety who doesn't have Dak Prescott's numbers, but who has picked him off three times, really twice, because Hendershot literally threw the ball to, it to him. So. So he's he's a great shutdown corner, but let's let's not say that he has Dak Prescott's numbers because I do remember that Dak won that game, didn't he? Didn't he beat Kevin Byard and the Tennessee Titans? So so let's let's let's. Pump but he's the on a better team now in Philly. That he is on a better team in Philly now, um, which we'll get to here. Yeah, we'll in, get in, into in a that. second. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into all of that. Yeah. But I think when it comes to the Eagles making a move for Kevin Byard, shows you why the Eagles right now are a better football team than the Dallas Cowboys. Right. However, or I, I guess I guess I should say this: the Eagles have more talent on their team than the Dallas Cowboys. And it's because they, like you said, they they saw a need and they addressed it. They went and they did it. And Jerry, I, I get it, especially with his draft guys. He loves the guys that he, he's drafted because he hits on them. Like he, he does really well in, in the draft. Mm -hmm. I think injuries for the Cowboys have really done a lot of damage for us. And, and, and one of the draft picks who I wish that we would have because I think our defense would be a lot better if he was on the field was overshown who mm -hmm. was yeah obviously got injured in the preseason towards ACL like he was be he was making plays in the preseason that I think would have been a huge asset for us huge. on the defensive side especially when we talk about in the run game I think he he's a guy who hits the gap really really fast mm -hmm. great tackler uh, and especially when you're looking at Vanderash, who seems to be getting slower and slower as the years go on, like he would have been a huge asset. But I think you're absolutely right. When it comes to Jerry Jones, he's the reason why we haven't won a championship in almost 30 years. Yeah, because he hasn't done the things needed. Because let, when he traded for Amari Cooper, it wasn't even to win the Super Bowl. No. It was just so that you could actually just win and make it to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Because before Amari Cooper came, we had no number one. None. We had a bunch of number threes. Just a bunch of guys who Dak had to try and figure it out with. Mm -hmm. and, and you saw what happened. Just, you saw what yeah. happened when he got him. When he got a and true when number got one. Him, when he got a true number one, Dak started making plays. Well, here's the thing. CD is a number one. Mm -hmm. Now, why isn't he getting the ball in the red zone? Why isn't he getting the ball more? I think that's scheme. It yeah, has to be scheme. That's a Mike McCarthy because, question. And and so my thing is, is that because now we're moving to the question of if you were the GM, what moves would you make? I don't necessarily think a receiver is what we need. No, I think, I think, mo I think mostly corner. I think an, another corner a need. would help. And, uh, you know, I'm just looking at what, what people are saying out there. Jalen Johnson mm -hmm. from Chicago, 24 years old. You know, right now they're two and five. And so mm -hmm. he's going to look to be a free agent here in the offseason. This might be a good time for Chicago to get up off of him and try to get something for him. Um, but we, we yeah. know Jared's not going to make that move. But what I will say is that's who I would rather go get. 
Um, if you can get another receiver, that'd be great. Um, you know, do we want to get a Michael Thomas? Do we want to get Deshaun Hop- uh, Hopkins? None of those names excite me, honestly. Well, it's it's not even necessarily because of the names. It's because you get a guy like Brandon Cooks. Yeah. He's the guy that you brought That's in. That's who he was supposed to, to be. be yes. the deep threat. And because of the scheme that Mike McCarthy has been and the plays that he's called, Right, Brandon Cooks. Other than last, uh, the last game that we played against the Chargers, he hasn't been used correctly. Like the offense that they've been running has been primarily, hey, let's get the ball to Tony Pollard yeah. to Doddle. Uh, let's do some play actions to the to not even to the tight end, but like to Shoemaker who hasn't lived up to expectations at all. I nope. think you should. It should be Jake Ferguson as your starter, and you need to give him the ball more. Yep. Give but more it's touches. like, give the ball to CD more. Give the ball to Brandon Cooks more. Put in Jalen Tober over Michael Gallup because Michael Gallup just isn't the same receiver. So, so, yeah. but it, it's all about the scheme. You can't go get a Michael Thomas if you're not throwing the ball down the field. Yeah. What is, what is that? Issue. What That's is that going to do for you? Nothing. And I think, I think Savage said this correctly because we've been texting with him throughout the week. Uh, and, and Savage says, you know, if the Cowboys don't make a move for Derrick Henry, then you see that, that Jerry Jones doesn't trust Dak Prescott. And I, and I texted back and I said, I don't think that Jerry Jones has trusted Dak Prescott since 2016 he has never trusted him because it he was very very reluctant to name him the starter even when he was playing as well over tony romo um and say what you want about tony romo he's he's a great quarterback especially at the end of his career he figured out how to play football at an elite level and he was elite yep but Dak Prescott has never had the confidence or the trust of Jerry Jones yeah. ever. Even when he gave him the money, he said, I overpaid you. So like Dak is in a, this is why I made the statement. And I don't know if I actually said it on the podcast as of yet, or I might have. This is why I believe that Dak Prescott, if he were to leave Dallas, would win a Super Bowl. Because he would actually have a coach who's competent and an owner who trusts and believes in him and will get him what he needs. Like, because Jerry's not going to make a move. He's just not. And this team right now, the way that Mike McCarthy has it structured, and I think it's because, and we're I know we're talking now broadly about the Cowboys yeah. in general, but I think the biggest problem with the Cowboys is that defensively, we're not as good as we thought we were. And because our defense is not as good as we thought we were, Mike McCarthy's offense, which was reliant on a great elite historic defense, is now being called upon to score points that is an outdated offense. Yeah. And now you've put your offense in a terrible situation to where I don't even think getting a Derrick Henry helps you. Yeah, I, I, for me personally, I don't see what Derrick Henry does for you. Like maybe in the goal line situations, maybe. But you have Lepke. You know, yeah, you have you your do. fullback. You do. And I, I believe he's good enough. To, you don't like yeah. he's good. You just have to give him the ball. You give him a chance but at I, least. See what I, you already have. Right. But the last two games that you've played, 
which was against the 49ers. You struggled to even get in the red zone. And even against the Los Angeles Chargers, who have a bottom yep. barrel a defense. Bottom like barrel defense, you struggle to get in the red zone. And that's solely on Mike McCarthy. Yep. And his play calling. Yep. So he's been inconsistent the last two weeks. And so I'm shaken as a Cowboys fan looking at our offense because of who's calling plays. Not yeah. because of the talent that's on the field, but it's because the talent on the field is struggling due to their coach not putting them in the best situations to succeed. So you can't make a move in the trade deadline offensively unless you're looking to trade Mike McCarthy and get like Kyle Shanahan or Mike McDaniels to call plays. You just can't do that. Like where you're at right now is that you have to look at the defensive side of the ball. What do you need? You need a corner. You need another another shutdown corner, someone who could who who could try and fill the role that Trayvon Diggs was filling. But then you also need a run stopper. You need someone to, because Mozzie Smith hasn't panned out like you thought that he would. Hankins, he's he makes a play here and there. But and I think with uh, Leighton Vanderesh getting hurt, and now you have to put in uh, Bell. Bell's I, been fantastic. I, I love Bell. He's been he's played he's played he's, great. He's been the, the run, bright spot the of this defense this year. And so, but then you have also maybe I think you need to even get another safety because mm-hmm. Curse has not had a great year this year. Nope, he's really struggled, and Hooker is is non-existent. Yeah, like you haven't called his name a lot, but he also hasn't made plays. So. I think your secondary is where you really have to, which is what the Eagles did and the Cowboys have not. And it exactly. looks like they're not going to. Yep. And I and so if you're a Cowboys fan and you're like, man, how should you feel about Jerry Jones not pursuing anything? I think you have to be discouraged if you're a Cowboys fan because Jerry's not making the necessary moves to take us over the top to say, hey, or even to tell the fans like, hey, I want to win. Howie Roseman for the Eagles is telling his fan base, I want to win. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to do it. I agree. I agree. And so that's going to do it for our Cowboy segment. Now we're going to head into the biggest news from week seven and also some quick takes. But Daniel, we're going to spend a little bit of time here with the San Francisco 49ers. They have lost two in the row, and two in a row to the Cleveland Browns and also to the Minnesota Vikings on Monday night. And this week they could be without Brock Purdy as he is in concussion protocols. Are you concerned about the Niners at all? And also, are you on the bandwagon with, it seems like everybody else, who is saying this is actually the Brock Purdy that that we should expect? People are so quick to turn on a guy who, it's like, if someone says that someone's a good quarterback, they have mm-hmm. to be perfect all the time. And if not, and then and if they're not perfect, this is who they really are. Mm. Case in point, Patrick Mahomes takeaway last week against the Chargers, mm-hmm. he's looked pedestrian this year. Mm-hmm. He hasn't looked like the Patrick Mahomes. Are we gonna come out and say this this is the true Patrick Mahomes? Because he's not having a great year. And for Brock Purdy is like. We're gonna we're, we're just gonna ignore the I don't know how many games before these two losses what nine 10, 11 games 
Mm-hmm. We're just going to forget all that and just replace it with these two. Now, against Minnesota, he played pretty well up until the fourth quarter. And, you know, he, what he's able to do is he has such great anticipation. And he sees the field really, really well. He's not going to be perfect all the time. At the end of the day, I mean, sure, he was Mr. Irrelevant. He's going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, after two games, you can't really just be like, ah, oh, this is who this guy is. Mm-hmm. You need a bigger sample size than that. Yeah. Now, if he continues to struggle, this becomes an ongoing thing for the rest of the year. I get that. I understand that. But two games, let's let's calm down a little bit before we, we get there. But in terms of the 49ers, it, it just seems like, man, are they really as invincible as we thought? I mean, because who who they lose to last week? I mean, they lost to Minnesota, and then they lost to Cleveland I with mean, P.J. Walker. And and you and he, and here's the this is the funny thing about the NFL and just about sports in general. Anything can happen in any given week. Like San Francisco struggled to score on Cleveland, but then look what Gardner Minshew and Indianapolis did to them. Mm-hmm. They almost stole one from them. Yeah. And so it that's the and like like I said in the beginning, it was a weird, weird week. Yeah. And same thing with Minnesota. Like, Kirk Cousins is not usually a primetime player. Mm-hmm. Usually doesn't show up in primetime. And it, it just seemed like San Francisco couldn't stop them. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I think it is a, a little cause for concern. I'm not going to push the panic button, but my hand is right above it right now. Um, Just because, like, Cleveland is not... I don't know with Cleveland yet. I, mm-hmm. I think for me, it's just their quarterback position. And they're 4-2. and two. They're 4-2. and two. And it's just a quarterback position. What are they going to do with that? How like it, That's what's weird for me about Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Minnesota, they've been, everyone's been talking, hey, are they going to tank for Caleb Williams? Mm-hmm. And they beat you. And so I think you're, you're, you're going to have games like that uh, throughout the season. Does this bode well for them in the postseason? I don't know, but there's there's some there's some room for concern for the 49ers. I'm just not going to hit the panic button just yet. Yeah, with San Francisco, it, it it's it depends on what happens this upcoming week for me. Yeah. Um, but even then, like they're without Brock Purdy. I think if Brock Purdy would have played in this game and he would have struggled again, now we can have a conversation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we could. I mean, he he went against a. Let's be honest. Cleveland at the time that they played San Francisco was the number one defense in the league, mm-hmm. and Brock Purdy in the final seconds of the game drove them down the field and set them up to win yeah. the game on a field goal. True. And the kicker missed. Yeah. So was he perfect that entire game? No, he wasn't. But when he they needed him to show up and to make a play. He made the plays to get them down the field and to put them in a position to win, and his kicker didn't get the job done. So, and then you look at the on Monday night, you see that he got injured, 
you know, I'm not making excuses for Brock Purdy, but I'm just saying, like, obviously he was concussed, and he goes out for the rest of the game, throws two interceptions, and and sometimes, I mean, you look at Jalen Hurts against the New York Jets, sometimes your quarterback has a bad day. Sometimes he makes boneheaded decisions, and it happens, okay? So, to hit, like you said, I think the only way that, that the 49ers should be concerned is if, for the next couple of weeks, if they lose, yeah, uh, if they lose the next two games, I would say, mm-hmm. I think they could probably get away with losing one more, um, because I don't really trust Seattle. Seattle's very up and down in their own division. Yeah. Now, now to for the number one seed, you can't lose this game. Nope. Because the Eagles are the Eagles, and they're doing their thing, but. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be concerned in terms of the division. But for the conference, I, I would be concerned because this is a must game. When I guess in terms of Brock Purdy, we shouldn't be concerned yet. Like it's I'm, it's it's really been a game. Um Yeah. And and look he, he had an off night. Yes, and he's still completing almost sixty eight percent of his passes, right. eleven touchdowns, three interceptions. Mm-hmm. He's not falling off the wayside. Mm-hmm. Again, if this is a trend, then we'll we can have a discussion yes. about what he really yeah. is. But in terms of right now, I mean, he had a bad game. That's all. Yeah. So in terms of Brock Purdy, th- there shouldn't be concern as of yet. Now, for the 49ers as a whole, you should be concerned because of how the Eagles are playing right now. Yeah. And what your record is. And also the fact that Brock Purdy is out for, could be out for this next upcoming game. And you're playing the Cincinnati Bengals, who have been to the AFC. Now they haven't looked like the team that's dominated the last two years, or let's just say last year, because really they were a shock the year before that. But last year they were a dominant football team. And this year they haven't been that way, but you're playing against a really, really good football team with Sam Darnold as your starting quarterback, potentially in this upcoming game. So if you're if you're a 49ers fan, if you lose this game, you should be concerned. Yeah. Because now you're five and three. And the Eagles, who are most likely going to go seven and one after this week, because they're playing Washington and Washington's terrible. And I think the second time around, the Eagles, they're just gonna dominate and dominate and dominate. Yeah. Um, because I think usually it's like that first matchup matchup against you're kind of feeling each other out you're feeling each other out that's your best chance to win because the eagles are going to figure out the next week unless you're the dallas cowboys and then they won't figure you out because they're inferior to you just whenever you play it's just just how it is sorry eagles fans also also in terms of like last year for philly like they played two different quarterbacks mm -hmm. yeah and well and and i guess let's be fair here so did the Cowboys. I mean, yeah, they played. Yeah, they played Jalen so, the first time, Gardner Minshew the second time. Second time. So, but it, it, but to keep up with them, you can't lose this game if you're the 49ers. You can't lose. So there's yeah. some concern there because do you really trust Sam Darnold? Even with all the weapons that are there, even though I think they're going to be without Debo again this week. Mm-hmm. Like, do you really, even with all of these weapons, trust Sam Darnold? The 49ers do. I don't think I do. Mm. Uh, but 
speaking of the Eagles, uh, I, I'm actually going to switch kind of yeah. the order of what we're talking yeah. about. But like we said, the Eagles are six and one. They dominated the Miami Dolphins. Well, I don't want to say dominated, but they they were they pulled away from the Dolphins, thirty-one to seventeen on Sunday Night Football. Jalen Hurts did have an interception, did have a fumble, but ultimately will this team to a victory because the ground game really wasn't effective. They really weren't doing their thing. It was Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown pulling it off. But Daniel, are the Eagles now the best team in your mind, at at this point in the season, in the NFL? I think I think offensively they're going through the same thing that Dallas is going through. Mm-hmm. They don't know who they are. Um, they can run the ball so well, so so well. But I feel like at times their new OC has mm-hmm. trouble calling games. It doesn't look the same. They're trying to turn Jalen Hurts into a, a forty-time throwing forty times a game type passer, and that's just mm-hmm. not who he is. And that's okay. Um, although AJ Brown is just a monster, just a monster wide receiver, his size, his speed, his physicality, what he can do. Jalen trusts him a whole lot. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you look at Jalen hurts and he's completing 68% of his passes as well. Has a total of 15 total touchdowns with eight interceptions and a, and a couple fumbles to go along with that as well. Mm-hmm. And so, I still think offensively they need to kind of establish, hey, what are we? Are we going to mm-hmm. dominate you by running the football? Are we going to throw it all over all, all over you? Defensively, that's where I feel like they're starting to kind of – that's kind of been the identity of this team. Mm-hmm. Because to be able to lock – well. Lock up Tyreek Hill is kind of like one of those weird things because mm-hmm. locking Tyreek could be maybe what eight catches, fifty-five yards, and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were able to do it. They weren't. They weren't able to. And I know things happened in that Miami game, like they had like Tyreek dropped one in the end zone. Um, they had a they had a touch or a big completion called back because of a you know a holding penalty. Or the fact that the Eagles never were called for any penalties that they've committed and they went the game unscathed in penalties. Mm-hmm. Like it was a terrible job done by the officials, but that's just another thing. And so I I think, you know, besides all that, I think their mm-hmm. defense has played really well this year. Um, they, were, they were to stifle the run of Miami. That's kind of been... What they've been able—that's the reason why their pass game has been really good because they have—they've right. had the best run running backs core in the league for 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 the whole season, and mm-hmm. they were able to shut them down. And Mostert is, is questionable for this week, and so Akan's also on IR. So that that running group is it's kind of getting depleted quite a bit, and so to be able to to stop Miami's high octane offense—that's a good sign. If you're a, mm-hmm. Philly, a Philadelphia Eagles fan. You know, you have the commanders this week. Their defense is not not really great, so you should be able to have your way with them running the football. Um, but also at the same time, you know, you, you've got Dallas coming up. I, I know what the history has said, but this is also a different 
mm-hmm. offense than we've seen in recent years with the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. I don't know if they can have as much success as they've had in the past based on what we've seen this year and also like seeing what Philly defensively has done this year. Yeah. And so I, I think right now, as we sit here, Philadelphia is the best team in the NFL. And for me, that's not really saying much because of how Stephen A always likes to say it's always fluid. Well, this year it kind of has been. You know, yeah. we thought three different teams has been the best team in the NFL. There was a time where people thought Buffalo was the best team in the NFL, then Miami, then San Francisco, and now the Eagles. So it feels like it changes every couple of weeks. But I said, but sitting here right now, I think it's Philly. Yeah. Um, I think I would still go Kansas City. They have the the same record as the as the Eagles, um, and they have Patrick Mahomes, and I trust Patrick Mahomes more than Jalen Hurts. And I trust, weirdly enough, weirdly enough, I trust Kansas City's defense more than the Eagles' defense, um, only because of you know you've seen a, a couple of games this year to where Philadelphia. Their defense has has failed to step up, and they've they've actually uh, like against Washington, like they let up Washington, put up all those all those points on them. Um, you they allowed Minnesota to put all those points on them, and so this defense has also had stretches to where they haven't played well. Now, and adding Kevin Byer to the team does that change things for the Eagles? I think it absolutely does, and and maybe you'll see some things different from this from this defense, but. Kansas City, they've been playing lights out. I mean, they yeah. they've been playing well, um, and I think their offense they're starting to figure figure yeah. some things out. Yeah, like and so. What I would say to that is, mm-hmm. like I was saying in the in the beginning of the show, you know, mm-hmm. Pat, Patrick Mahomes hasn't looked the same, um, but I think if you look at you know you look at Dallas, you look at Philly, both of them have struggling offenses as well, mm-hmm. but the only constant. And it's kind of been really amazing to just watch as Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Because at you know, at the end of the day, as bad as Patrick Mahomes could be playing or, or not as well, not as you know, proficient at throwing the football, mm-hmm. you know that when he looks at Travis Kelsey, he's gonna complete that. And it's gonna probably mm-hmm. be for a first down or a big gain. And I think that's been the focal point of their offense, has been Travis Kelsey. And so that is the one advantage that that I can see why you would you would go with with them you know i'm just looking at you know their schedule um you know losing to detroit for me i don't think it's nothing to sneeze at um mm-hmm. i know they just got romped by baltimore um but that's still de- a 5 and 2 football team they're, they're not exactly. they're not the 2 and f- they're not a 2 and 5 team they're not a yeah. 1 and 6 team yeah you know they're 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 an up and coming football team them playing without Travis Kelsey and Kadarius Tony losing the game for them mm-hmm. multiple times. Yeah, true, true. And you know, beating Jacksonville and seventeen to nine, and so Trevor Lawrence, a great quarterback, Travis Etienne, all those guys. So I think that's a good win, even though their offense didn't play quite as well. Mm-hmm. Demolishing the Chicago Bears, you know, taking care of business, doing what you're supposed to do, and the Jets, the Jets have a great defense. I think that mm-hmm. just needs to be just to be said. And, you know, Zach Wilson kind of came into his own in that game and played played really well, but still mm-hmm. the defense was able to hold them uh, to a victory, even if it was like a 
you know, a controversial call that happened. And then, you know, beating Denver and then the Chargers, you know, really kind of for me, I didn't feel like that game was was close. I thought in the beginning no. it was going to be a close thing, but they it quickly flipped the script of like, now nah, this is going to be Kansas City's day. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I agree with you. I think Kansas City is also in that conversation, even though the offense isn't playing to quite how I imagine they would yeah. be. But, you know, that's kind of been the tell story of a couple of teams this year. Yeah. And and so for me, I, I think kind of where I want to go next is this yeah. is actually going to be a, a, a real quick segment yeah. that I've been wanting to talk about for a while. And it stems from Dak Prescott, but yep. it's going to be accredited. And and I think hopefully we'll put some Eagles fans in, in Jalen, who's hopefully going to be on the podcast this upcoming week as we prepare for Eagles Cowboys, is... You know, we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a full house this week. Yeah, this idea of um, Jalen Hurts and the interceptions. Mm. You know, he's tied for the league lead in interceptions with eight, and then he also has two fumbles that have been lost. So he has ten turnovers on the season. Um, but they're winning games. They're winning football games, and so are you concerned? with Jalen Hurts and his turnovers or is this just something of you know it, it happens but they're still winning football games so it's it's fine what what are your thoughts on that it is it is a for me I think let me preface this was with for me the issue my issues with Dak Prescott hasn't been as much as turnovers as moments Mm-hmm. And so when he was throwing 15 interceptions, was I, you know, jumping all over his case for that? I guess so. I mean, that's what you do whenever your team, you know, has a chance to win and, and the guy's throwing interceptions. I get that. But I think you're kind of nailing it on the head of like perspective. Because when Dak was turning the ball over at a high rate, more than usual for him. We still finished the season 12 and five. Yeah. And I think what really killed us was not the turnovers in the regular season, but in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to nitpick and kind of apply the same energy that you do to Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts lost him that Super Bowl last year because of his fumble. You, you see what I'm saying? Well, I've heard people say that. I've heard people say that. My my only pushback into it is that you also have to look at when he turned the football over. I agree. That's what what I would say. Because he turned the football over in the first half. So I'll give you an example of that. Because for Dak Prescott, two of the interceptions that he threw were in Green Bay, which happened in the first half. They were entering the fourth quarter up 28 to 14. He did not throw an interception at all in that fourth quarter, in that entire second half. But people credit him for the loss, even though I look at a Kellen Moore and say, why are you still throwing the ball all over the yard instead of giving it to Zeke and Tony Pollard, who were having great games? Like they were having a great day running the football. And so I look at that with Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl and say, yes, he fumbled. But he also fumbled in the first half. 
Yeah, and, and what I what I would and say they were to that, up seventeen. They were up, I think, fourteen to seven. Yeah, they get it up. Games tied. They're up twenty four to fourteen, heading into halftime. And then, and then for me, what I would also say to that is like after he fumbled that ball, what did he do the next drive? He scored a touchdown. He scored a touchdown. And so I think for me, I, I'm not concerned yet with Jalen Hurts and his turnovers because, like, yes, he is turning the ball over, but it was only in one game. That it's cost him. That's cost him. And that's in that New Jets York. game. Yeah. That's the only time. And I think as a as a NFL quarterback, that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Not every quarterback plays perfect. And that's the same thing with, like, Brock Purdy. Your, your, your quarterback isn't going to always win you the game. Like I, like I told you and, and Steven the other day, Joe Montana was not always perfect. Mm-hmm. He wasn't. And so Tom Brady wasn't always perfect. In fact, in 2006, he threw an interception to lose the AFC championship game mm-hmm. against Peyton Manning. And so I think now if it's something that's going to continue to cost them games, then yes, let's mm-hmm. be concerned. Now, if you want to you know, talk about keeping the same energy for Dak and Jalen, I understand that. I get that. Um. The only thing that's going to matter at the end of the day is, is it going to cost Philly a chance to go to the Super Bowl again? Mm-hmm. That's, that's when that's can be, that can be a concerning way for him to play. It's if he can mm-hmm. continue to do it when it matters the most. And he, to me, he hasn't shown that that's part of his DNA, that he'll mm-hmm. do that. And so that, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely 100% agree with you. Um, my deal is, and and credit to Jalen Hurts because he hasn't gotten the criticism. I don't think. And now I, I think he's gotten he's gotten some criticism, but you know, and I know we don't like to talk about other sports shows, but I'm going to do it anyway. So it's like in speak, you know, they ridiculed and like, and here's what I mean: narrative matters, and here's where I think it is unfair. Dak has one season where he threw 15 interceptions while only having 12 starts, right? Correct. Tie for the league league. Now the narrative about him is, well, he turns the football over. He's turnover. He's a turnover machine, this and this yeah. and that. Like, this is who he's always been, even though he's only done it for one year. I think that's Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Does it. Has, has turned the ball over eight times actually 10 times eight interceptions two fumbles and the narrative on him is just like well they're still winning games as a starter last year Dak prescott was eight and four the games that he lost were tampa bay green bay uh jacksonville washington I think those are the only four losses that he's had. Yeah, those are the only four losses that he's had. Against Tampa Bay, okay, I, I give you that. He threw an interception, but they were struggling. I mean, yeah. the whole team was struggling. The whole team was struggling. Offensively, yeah. they were struggling. Green Bay, yes, he threw two interceptions, but they were winning the game, and then Kellen Moore was too focused on winning a head coaching job and cost him the game. Jacksonville ends on a pick six which should have been a should catch been for a first, first down, down in overtime. Yeah. And then you have Washington to where the entire team 
played bad. Yeah. So really, if you want to be fair, Dak Prescott was responsible. Let's say two games. Let's say Washington and let's say Tampa Bay for the two games that really he lost. Like, but that's not the narrative with Dak Prescott. Now you go into San Francisco in the playoffs. That was definitely Dak's fault. But like you just highlighted, even a quarterback like Tom Brady played well, or or even even he lost games. And here's what I'm saying to this, because we got into this with uh, with somebody else. Of if you look at Dak Prescott in the playoffs, yes, he only has two playoff wins. But let's let's stop pretending like Dak was the reason why we only have two wins. In his first ever playoff game against the Green Bay Packers. Dak against an elite in his prime, Aaron Rodgers, almost beat Aaron Rodgers in the divisional round. If Dak would have had the defense now, back then, they beat Green Bay. And we probably win a Super Bowl. Now, then you go into the next time he gets to the playoffs, he wins the game against Seattle. And then, again, his defense loses against the Los Angeles Rams. Then you talk about the next time he's in the playoffs against San Francisco. Every time Dak made a big throw, it was always called back because of a holding penalty or something on the offensive side of the ball. Then you go to Tampa Bay where he wins, plays lights out. And then finally you have a game in San Francisco where he's he's, he's the reason why he's, he's the reason. He's the reason why you lose. But it all comes with being part of the quarterback for America's team. Yeah. It's and more, I know I went pressure. off. I know I went off on a tangent about Dak Prescott, and I understand that, and I apologize. But my just point is into. I'm standing up for Jalen Hurts, but I'm asking that people are actually fair to Dak Prescott in their criticism of him, because what Jalen Hurts is getting a pass for is what Dak should have gotten a pass for last year, because he's still winning games. And there's only really two games last or three games last year, including the playoff game, to where you could say that Dak Prescott lost the game. I think your point of well, there are moments in Dak's career yeah, I think where I, he doesn't show up. I think that that's fair. I, that's I fair think, and valid. And I think that's and I think that's what mm-hmm. But know, I'm just Dak, talking about the turnover conversation. Right, right. 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 So like usually when we talk about Dak Prescott, his mishaps not necessarily for me, it's not necessarily turnovers. Mm-hmm. It's just purely not showing up and playing well mm-hmm. but that's a different but that's a different that's a different, different thing we're talking about we're, again we, yeah we turnovers. are talking about turnovers, turnovers and that kind of thing yeah um but talking about another quarterback just as we continue to move on justin herbert and the chargers struggling this season they're two and four i think the cowboys game is evidence of this of we always say that justin herbert is immensely talented and yep. if you look at his numbers this season, he's played well. He's he's got he's got great a great stat line. But if you look at the Cowboys game, there were several times, and I'm saying this as a Cowboys fan, there was a couple of plays, a couple of throws that if he would have made them, Chargers would have won, mm-hmm. and probably won in convincing fashion, like where it wasn't a nail biter at the end of the game. So you, I, I would say he had two throws in that game where that happens. Then you have the interception 
that he takes. Then last week against Kansas City, mm-hmm. he had a couple of throws that if Where, he makes yeah. them, changes the game and yeah. throws head-scratching interceptions. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Daniel, my question to you is that people always say that, especially we were talking about it in the offseason with Dad when we were doing our top 10 list, and Dad said, I'd rather take Herbert over Dak Prescott. I'd rather take Herbert over a lot of these different quarterbacks. But now that we're into this season and we're seeing you paid him the money, one, did he deserve the money? And two, where do you have him right now ranked as, as a preview to next week's episode where we actually give out our top 10 quarterback list midseason? Where do you have Justin Herbert on that list? Um, I, I would have to take a look at that list again. But what I will say is I think – you have to update your resume every week. Mm-hmm. And I think especially with the top 10 list, you have to go and not like we're going to go off one game, mm-hmm. but this is a this is a big enough sample size to make an inclination of where where everyone stands right now. And for me what's been so glaring is like you said before, he's immensely talented. Immensely talented. But what you do with that talent and how you play during the year also matters. And what mm-hmm. what we're seeing is that he's missed a ton of throws. Let's, let's just be honest. He's missed mm-hmm. a ton of throws. Um, like you said, against Dallas, the couple throws that he missed, if he makes that, were different ball game. There were touchdowns. I mean, there were there were touchdowns. They were wide open. Wide open. And same thing in Kansas City. Does the outcome change? Maybe not, but it's a closer game. Mm-hmm. And you never know what that does with momentum. And so for me... Yeah, exactly. Momentum's huge. And I think for me, like having to... We're going back and reevaluating this week. Are there 10 quarterbacks that are playing better than him right now? And you, you got to look at situation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, their defense is it's garbage. It's awful. Not mm-hmm. having Austin Eckler for a huge chunk of the season has been tough. Mm-hmm. Um and so I I, I got to take that into con, uh, consideration. New system, obviously, with Kellen Moore. Um, so you got to take that into consideration. But you know, I'll I'll have a more clear answer probably next week, and especially mm-hmm. after this game. Like this week, he should play well. Mm-hmm. They're playing Chicago, and so yeah, I think ask, ask me that question uh, after next this week. week. Yeah, yeah, next week. Um, but like I said. Him missing throws is going to, that's, and it's not even like he's missing tight window throws. Mm -hmm. He's missing wide open throws. And you can't do that and be considered elite. Can't do it. If you'd have one here and there, I get that. But doing it consistently to where this is actually a top of a conversation. Mm -hmm. How many, how, how much throws is he missing? That's concerning. Yeah, I think what's going to be interesting when we talk about it this upcoming week is I think we're going to change the criteria. So if you want to like send us your list as well, here's what I think we'll be looking for in our top 10 list. It's it's mm-hmm. obviously how well you've performed based on what the team has asked you to do. Mm-hmm. I think that's an important qualifier is based on what your offense is and what your team has asked you to do. Are you performing the way that you should in that system, I think it's a huge thing. Um, 
but also, I mean, you could look at, you know, difficulty as well yep. of, of who you're playing uh, and also just, you know, what what is going on around them as, as, as well, because yeah. I think you're bringing up the defense is absolutely right. But here's the thing. And this is why I think that Justin Herbert, I mean, I think what should be said is that based on his numbers and based on his talent, like he was the next guy up. He was going to be the next guy to get paid, especially as a first round pick with that amount of talent. Yep. I mean, you had to pay him that money. You yep. just had to. Now, is he living up to that money? The answer is no, because yes, you you want to say your defense, you have a bottom to your defense, but at the same time, like there's been three times this season to where you've had the ball last to win the football game. Yep. You're being paid the money. You're known as to have a top five. A lot of people have them in their top five. Yep. I mean, top five quarterback. And you top have five Keenan, quarterbacks. And you have Keenan Allen. Games. You have Keenan Allen, who I love Keenan Allen. I, I I hate it when people bring up his age and say, "Oh yeah, you know he's an aging player." No, no, no. He's elite. He's still he's so elite. good. He's still very, um, very good. Uh, I take him over Justin Jefferson. That's my that's my hot take for the really? day. Really, I'll take him over Justin Jefferson all day, all night. I wow. will. Okay. I think he has an ability to get open. Yeah, his his ability his ability to get open is insane. It, it feels like every time I see him cast the football, he's owned mm-hmm. by at least two to three yards. Like, like the thing is, is that especially this season, he has shown up in every single game. And if Justin Herbert would have gotten him, yeah. would have nailed the throws, just put it on him. Like Keenan Allen probably would have had three touchdowns against the Cowboys. Yeah, he was that. Which is he not was, something that Jeff, Justin Jefferson has ever done against the Cowboys. Ever. Okay. Well, if we're going to use that criteria, then I can see. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm just saying. Like Keenan Allen will show up if he has somebody to get him the football. Hmm. Which I mean, I guess you could say the same thing about Justin Jefferson. Well, so. I'm, well, no, I wouldn't say that because the reason why we say that is like there's a reason why Justin Jefferson is considered one of the best wide receivers in the game. He's gotten mm-hmm. great numbers. He's gotten someone to give, yeah. him, give him the football. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. use that. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. So, I, yeah, I would take Keenan Allen over Justin Jefferson just in terms of consistency. Um, so when you look at Justin Herbert and his inability to win the games with the ball in his hands late in ball games, because while the defense isn't great, they held the Cowboys to only 20 points. Only held on to 20 points. Yeah. And if you're a top five quarterback talent, you have to win those games. Well, here's and, the thing. Talent, yes, but execution mm-hmm. is what he's failing to do right, right now. And so uh, to me, I mean, again, I don't have my list out either. Yeah. But I think the way that he's played this season, I think he's probably outside of my top 10. Yeah, I just, I just have to, I just, have I to have look. to look at my list, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's still at number nine, which is what he was coming into this season. Yeah. Um, but I, I, he, he's at least still there. Yeah, I think he's kind of like fringe top ten for me mm-hmm. at this moment. But we'll, we'll see whenever I, I do my list. Yeah, yeah. So he has to step up, and he has to play better. So, yeah. um, just. Real quick, off the top of our heads, uh, best team so far. Again, as Stephen A. would say, the list is fluid because it really has been this this 
this year. But here are my top teams in each conference. For can for for the AFC, it's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. They're the defending Super Bowl champions, defending AFC champions. They're just they're just playing well. They're they're really great right now. So they're the best team in the AFC. I think you have to go with the Eagles based on their record and how they how they played against Miami, who everyone thought was a big threat. Yeah, we could talk about it later yeah. about whether that was deserved or not. But Philadelphia Eagles, especially with the moves that they're making. Uh, and the trade deadline, I mean, you have to say that they're the best team in the NFC. Yeah, I'm going to go with the same thing. I think the only uh, a team to watch for me in the mm. AFC yes. is Baltimore. Yes, Baltimore. Baltimore. Yep. Because of the fact that, and and for me, like Lamar Jackson is just is just that guy. And he's proven it. He's proven yeah, it. So he's pro- and he's proven mm. it. And like, if his receivers can play like they did last week mm-hmm. all year. Yeah, look out to what Baltimore could be. So yeah, that, that's my only thing that I would as a, as a team to watch. Not saying that they're mm-hmm. going to beat Kansas City, but that's probably who I think they're going to be competing with at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a team to watch for you in the NFC? Um, not really. <laughs> not really. I feel like I I got to see how Detroit bounces back mm-hmm. from that loss. I, I still have the it. Niners up there. I still yeah, have the I, Niners I, up there. I do as well. Uh, guys, and see. if and to me, here's what I say about the Cowboys, because I know we're Cowboys fans. If Mike McCarthy, some way, somehow, by a miracle, is able to flip the switch on this offense, like, look out. Like, if they could figure out the offense, and if they decide, okay, Dak, we're going to let you throw the ball down the field more, I think Dak has played well this year. Uh, doesn't surprise anybody that I would say that, but I I honestly think that he's played well this year, and especially if you look at the first half against the San Francisco 49ers, like he had, like he 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 can do it, and I think that if they open up this offense, let Brandon Cooks cook, like I think this offense can be dangerous. Yeah, um, if if they let him, so I I still say that the Cowboys are also a team to watch, but it depends on how they play this up upcoming week against the Rams yeah, um, in that football game. But going into pick them for this week, in week seven, uh, both Daniel and I went five and eight. Like yep. Daniel said, it was a crazy, crazy week. week. Crazy outcomes happened. Yeah. Uh, and so for the season, Daniel's still up one game on me with 54 and 37, as yep. I'm 53 and 38. So this week is going to be great. Uh, this is a late recording, but we did we did both pick Buffalo. Yeah. Um, and as they won last week, I'm very in convincing fashion, but <laughs> also like a late rally by Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers. Uh, but Daniel, Houston versus Carolina. I'm going to go with Houston again. I love CJ Stroud. I love what he's doing in that. Uh, what what he and uh. What's his name? Gosh, D'Amico Ryan's what yeah. they're doing in Houston. So in Carolina, they're just struggling. So I'm going to go with Houston. Yeah, I'm going to go the same thing. I just think CJ Stroud is as a guy who's got, not going to turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. And against Carolina, that's all you need. It's just a guy not to turn the ball over and give him short fields. And so I think they're going to win pretty convincingly. Mm-hmm. 
Then you have Minnesota versus Green Bay. I have been a believer in Jordan Love, but man, are, is he struggling right now? And he Aaron is. Jones can't seem to stay healthy. He can't. You, you, so, and especially coming off of their performance against San Francisco, I'm going to go with Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, Green Bay's defense plays well enough to to keep them in the games, but their offense is just stagnant and not showing up at all. And I think Jordan Love has a vision issue. He's not seeing the field mm-hmm. the right way. So I think right now, you know, as as bad as Minnesota's defense, not that they're the worst in the NFL, but they're not great. Mm-hmm. I still think Kirk Cousins throwing the football, you know, people are saying he's now a top 10 quarterback again. And I don't know where I had him on my list, but I'm 16 touchdowns, five interceptions. Not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah. Um, And so next game is the Saints versus the Colts. Mm. I picked the Saints to be my division winners. Man, was I wrong. Uh, Derek Carr just does not look good. Now, my question is, is it Dennis Allen? Is it the offensive coordinator? Like, to me, I just don't know. Only because, like, I think when Sean Payton was the coach, he was also calling plays. And so this OC is now calling plays for the first time. Yeah. Like this year and also last year. So I'm just like, man, what is what is what is going on? Mm-hmm. And Dennis Allen was a is a great defensive coordinator, but he's not he has not have like you look at his resume, he's a terrible head coach. Yeah. So unfortunately, like could, is it Derek? Like now, I'm I'm also thinking also like is Derek Carr really not that guy? Um, and especially like I love Garner Minshew. Yeah, I think the Colts got screwed against Cleveland. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so I love the way that they're playing. So I'm going to give the edge to Indy to win this game. I am too. I just think that right now, Garner Minshew is playing really well. I think having Pittman and Downs getting Jonathan Taylor back, getting his legs back on, up under him. Mm-hmm. Their offense is, I think it's right now, is just better. Um, yeah. And so I, the the good thing about New Orleans is that their defense will always keep you in it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, I, for me, it's just hard to know what, what Derek Carr I'm going to get that day. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just going to go with Gardner Minshew to take it this week. Yeah. Uh, next game, uh, New England versus Miami. Miami coming off of a loss, but New England coming off of a win Big against win. Buffalo. Big win. Um, uh, this one's hard, but I do expect, I do expect Tua and the Dolphins to come back and to and to play a great game. So I'm going to go with Miami. I do too. Yeah, I think uh, they're going to want to get back and they're going to really want to take care of business against New England this week. Mm-hmm. Next game is the Jets versus the Giants. You have Zach Wilson versus Tyrod Taylor. And to me, that's the story of this game. Like, who do you trust more? Mm-hmm. Um, because the Giants shocked us by beating Washington. Washington has been absolutely atrocious this year. Very inconsistent. Yeah, they're but, up and down. Very up and down. But Tyrod Taylor, this could probably be another hot take as well. I prefer Tyrod Taylor over Daniel Jones. I, for me, I don't think that's a hot take. I think, 
I think a lot of us were just in love with how he played at the end of last year. And the truth of the matter is he has not looked anything close to that this year. And with mm. this same team, Tyrod has brought more consistency to the position mm-hmm. and has played it way better. And so I don't think that's a hot take at all. Now, I do believe that I'm going to take the Giants because I, I trust Tyrod Taylor more than Zach Wilson. Yeah. The only I'm thing that, pick- the only thing I'm afraid of yeah, it's New York Jets defense. So maybe, maybe I should rethink this. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna go with the Jets solely because of their defense. Uh, now I know I said the story is Zach Wilson and Tyrod mm-hmm. Taylor, but really when you're thinking about this game, it comes down to defense. Whose defense do you trust is going to show up? I trust the Jets more than I trust the Giants. I'm gonna take the Jets too. I'm gonna switch. Okay. All right, let's kind of speed through these. Now we have Jacksonville versus Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense, they're, they're playing well. They shocked me in beating the Rams. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to trust Trevor Lawrence to win this game. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm, I'm going to trust Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. I'm going to trust them to to take care of business. Um, as well as Pittsburgh is playing, I, I think that it's just what offense are you going to get? Are they going to be great? Are they going to... So I'm I'm gonna take Jacksonville, tried and true. And then we have Atlanta versus Tennessee. Um feel like we've already done this before. Yeah. Uh, no, uh here and here and here's the thing about it. Like we we said coaching was gonna be a thing. Mm-hmm. Um coaching is definitely a thing, but what Atlanta is doing this year mm-hmm. has been great. Top five defense in the league. They're running the ball. You know, the whole thing would be John Robinson. What happened last week? It was that's sick. Being, that's being investigated by the NFL on like why they didn't report it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, he, I, I believe he comes back healthy, ready to play. Desmond mm-hmm. Ritter has been surprisingly as much as he's turned the ball over. He's been decent. He's, he's been, been decent. pretty decent. He's been better than what I thought he was going to be this season. And so, for and that I, re- go ahead. I also think that Tennessee, they're starting Will Levis. Yeah, because I don't think Tannehill's going to play. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Atlanta in that yeah. game. Yeah, same. Um, this one's easy, Philly versus Washington. I don't yeah. think it's going to be close this time around. I, I think, think that so Philly, Philly wins that one. Yeah. Next game, Cleveland versus Seattle. Mm. This one's going to be a great a great matchup. Um. I'm going to go with Cleveland. I think that Seattle has not been very consistent this year. Um, They've been very, very up and down. I think P.J. Walker has been playing pretty well the last couple of weeks. I think he continues with that and that they win this game. Yeah, I'm going to go with Cleveland as well. Uh, Next one, we don't even have to talk about it because we've already talked about how dominant they've been. Baltimore is going to beat. Arizona, that's just that's just a fact. Kansas City is going to be Denver, so we don't even have to talk about that as well. Yeah, either. we don't have to talk about that either. Yeah. Um, so then we have Cincinnati versus San Francisco. Mm. I think for me, it'll depend on who's playing quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. 
I don't know if Brock Purdy will be able to play just because like it's been historical that someone who has entered the concussion protocol during the week mm. does not come back and play. Um, yeah. And so for me, I mean, the Bengals can't run the ball at all. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to expect that the 49ers defense is going to be motivated mm-hmm. after what just happened to tighten it up and they're going to want to run the the ball down Cincinnati's throat. So I'm going to take the 49ers, even if Sam Darnold plays. Hmm. To me, I just don't trust Sam Darnold. It's not that I don't trust the 49ers. I just yeah. don't trust Sam Darnold. I trust Joe Burrow. So I'm going to go with Joe Burrow to, to, to eke this one out. I don't think it's going to be easy. I think it's going to be a tough game. I think Sam Darner throws a late interception to lose in the game uh, for Cincinnati uh, or for Cincinnati to win. So I'm going to go with them. Uh, now you have Chicago versus Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, I think Baguette, I don't know how to say or back. Hmm. I don't know how to say his last name, so I apologize. But, you know, he's starting his, his second ever career start. He's a division two quarterback. So someone like who would play at OBU is playing football right now, which is, Pretty great. It's a great story. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the shocker. Okay. I'm gonna go. With You're gonna the go shocker. with the Bears. I think, I'm gonna go with the Bears. Wow. Okay. okay. Um. I, I'm just gonna go with the Bears. I don't know why. I just think that they're gonna win this game. Uh. But I I, I could be wrong, and and I'm okay with being wrong. I'm just gonna. I I, I love this story. Um. And I I just think that. The Chargers are just in a bad state right now. Mm. I just think that they are. When you get two heartbreaking losses in a row, yeah, and then Chicago's coming off of a great win, because we both pick... I mean, the Raiders are terrible, and we're about to talk about how terrible they are in this upcoming uh, prediction, but like, they, they destroyed them. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Chicago. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Chargers. I'm gonna hold out hope. I'm gonna believe that Justin Herbert is gonna turn it around, get back, calm himself down, make the throws that he needs to make, the easy throws, not the hard ones, the easy ones. And so I'm gonna take him to win this game. And then we don't even have to talk about this one. Detroit versus the Raiders. I'm gonna yeah. go with Detroit. I know that they got spanked against Baltimore, but Baltimore's the same Baltimore is actually a good football team. Yeah, yeah, the same exactly. Baltimore. So, pretty easy, pretty easy to pick. Now, yeah. the final game: Cowboys versus the Rams. Daniel, who's winning this game? Uh, this for me, this one's kind of like it's one of those weird ones because they lost to Pittsburgh. Yeah. That's a tough one. They can't run the ball very well. Um, their defense is middle of the pack, and I'm being generous with that. Um, their saving grace is the fact that, you know, Nakua. They got they got Nakua and, and Cooper, Cooper Cup. Cup. And Atwell. So I'm, I'm, tr- I'm going to trust the defense. I'm going to trust mm-hmm. them. I'm going to take Dallas in this game. I think it's going to be a good one. I hope it's a good one. Yeah. I, 
I just wish this offense was better in, in better shape. I really do. Yeah, Tyron Smith uh, goes down again with the stinger yesterday during practice, so he probably will not will not play, which I think I'm okay with. I don't think he's been fantastic this year. Well, he's um, barely played this year, and like when he has played, he's been great. Like he has, mm-hmm. he's been great. Um, for me, I, for me, I think that's a big deal because I, without mm-hmm. him playing, Dak has been sacked quite a bit. Um, the pressure has gotten there. If they haven't gotten him home, they've gotten really close, and Dak mm-hmm. has really had to climb the pocket, escape, and dump the ball off. And so yeah. that's become a norm for him this year. Mm-hmm. I really do think, though, it wasn't until the Chargers game to where we've actually seen Dak. I've I've noticed it for finally the past couple say, weeks. Well, no, no, of, of, I'm talking about of Dak finally saying, okay, I guess oh, yeah. I'm gonna have I gotta to make get... plays outside of the pocket, yeah, like I have exactly. to get out and, and make something happen. So I'm I'm gonna trust that because of that element being added, I think to this offense, I think you're gonna see Dak more get out of the pocket and make plays with his arm and with his legs. I, I I think this offense, well, I hope this offense maybe changes course and rely on him more to to make plays and, and to make his own decisions. I think Micah is licking his chops to play against this Rams offense. He loves playing against this Rams offense. I'm hoping I'm I'm praying that he steps up. Because if he steps up and he gets to Matthew Stafford, I think Nakua and Cooper Cup will be neutralized just because of the Micah pressure. getting there. I think Oz uh, uh I think he has really stepped up this year. And yeah, I think he's, he's going been to great. continue. He's going to continue to play well. Mm-hmm. And then you have Demarcus Lawrence there. If they can get to Matthew Stafford, which I think they can, the Cowboys are going to win this game. So I'm going to yeah. also go with them to win. But that's going to do it for us here on Double Take and NFL Podcast. Great show today. Uh, when we come back next week, maybe we'll have Steven back on the podcast. We'll have Jalen on the podcast to preview Cowboys Eagles. I got. I think it's going to be. I got to. I got to see if he is going to be here. I do know Steven is going to want to be here for for next week. I'll reach out to Jalen see if he's available. Um, yeah. But man, it's going to next week's show is going to be great. So if you haven't, if you know. If you have plans to tune in, please tune in that week. I think it's yeah, going to be Yeah, I mean, because like we said, preview Eagles, Cowboys, going to give our top 10 quarterbacks midseason uh, and, and really open up that conversation. And really, we're going to see where the NFL is going to be at at that point in the season. So stay tuned. Be ready. Enjoy a great weekend of football. God bless. We'll see you guys later.